And welcome into episode 37 of We Went Blues. Jeremy Rutherford and Barrett Jackman of the Athletic St. Louis. We are coming to you today from the Enterprise Center. We just attended the Jay Bowmeister press conference. So great to see Jay in front of us. Yeah, Jay, uh, you know, finally kind of came out of uh, the house and decided to address the uh, the media today. So it was nice to to get some uh, comments from him and just see him around the uh, the rink again. We'll get into that press conference, some of the things that Jay Bowmeister uh, said, how he looked, and what he said about his uh, future in just a little bit. But we want to tell you about episode number 37 of We Went Blues. We're also going to talk about Vladimir Tarasenko and his pending return. Doug Armstrong touched on that after the trade deadline. Also, the Blues, after acquiring Marco Scandella, they didn't make any other moves on trade deadline day, so we'll give Doug Armstrong's explanation for that. And before we get out of here today, we're going to talk about the Winter Classic. Yes, that happened uh, last week, kind of old news, uh, but uh, the implications, uh, the excitement in St. Louis to be the visiting team at Target Field on January 21st, rather, 2021 in Minnesota. We'll hear from Steve Mayer from the NHL on why they chose St. Louis. But Barrett, let's get back to uh, Jay Bullmeister. You know, he's a pretty quiet guy. We all know that. Uh, but he was even more quiet uh, and, and choosing his words uh, you know, very well today as he spoke at the press conference. Yeah, he's always uh, been a quiet guy, and he, he hates doing uh, any kind of media uh, interaction. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to just see uh, where he stands at the moment, uh, uh, just to know that his health is in, in good condition. And, uh, you know, he's spending time with the family. So uh, you get some words out of Jay, it's always nice. And, uh, you know, he had to face the media at some point, and <laughs> he, he finally did. And he told us, Barrett, uh, he's feeling pretty well, like I said, pretty soft-spoken. Uh, I can't believe that this just happened 15 days ago. You know, it, it seemed like yesterday, and even two weeks is, is a short time. Uh, but, uh, you know, a traumatic experience for everyone to watch, for his family to go through. Uh, but the fact that this was just two short weeks ago, and he was uh, looking pretty good up on stage, you know, I, I thought it, it was just great. So uh, here's Jay Bullmeister telling everybody how he felt. I'm at the point now I feel pretty good. Yeah, that's kind of the, the weird thing about this whole thing is you go from something that happened totally out of the blue and unexpected to uh, being in the hospital for a couple of days and then now there's some restrictions as to what I can do but uh, feel pretty normal so it's, it's a good thing. And Barrett, obviously, uh, he said that uh, this makes you put everything in perspective, his family, his career. Uh, I thought so poignant to talk about, uh, you know, getting back to see his family. His daughters ran out to see him when he, when he came back uh, to St. Louis after spending about five days in Anaheim. He touched on a variety of topics. What did you take away from that press conference? Yeah, just the appreciation he has for, uh, you know, for everything around him. Uh, not to say that he didn't appreciate it before, but any traumatic experience and, and you know, near-death uh, experience, uh, uh, he just said that he's, he's kind of uh, looked around and he's, he's not taking anything for granted. So um, you look at people and he's very grateful for the, uh, you know, for the trainers of Anaheim and, and St. Louis and all the doctors. And uh, just to think if, if that happened anywhere else, he, he might not be with us today. So, uh, you know, he spoke a little bit about that and, um, you know, just uh, how lucky he was to, to have so many great people that knew what they were doing. 
And Barrett, you know, hockey is obviously one of the biggest things in his life. But also, as you know, you know, he's such a fitness freak. He loves his bike rides. He loves going through the mountains in the offseason. And he admitted that was one of the first things that he thought about. Yes, hockey, but also a lot of things that he likes to enjoy. He wanted to know if he'd be able to continue to do those. Yeah, it's one thing to, uh, you know, kind of take hockey away from you, but uh, uh, to do things that kind of are therapeutic for you, uh, riding his bike, taking hikes, uh, just being active with his kids, uh, you know, the hockey, uh, he's had an amazing career, and, um, but really it, it's your way of life that uh, you think about. Uh, we all know that hockey's going to be gone at some point, but uh, to have the things that you really appreciate in life, uh, uh, you know, on the recreational side is, is something that, you know, you, you want to live your life. You, you've, you've had a great career. You, you want to be able to enjoy it when you're done, too. This is uh, one of the several times that he's been down to the rink, and he said that he enjoys that. His wife is probably getting tired of him at home. I, I imagine that can't be the case. Uh, but uh, he's down at the rink, and, and you know that a lot of his teammates have uh, taken a lot of pleasure seeing him. It makes them feel so much better. You know, Barrett, a lot of the media, we can sit in that, press conference and listen to Jay talk but we don't know what it's like to be teammates with a guy at that level you've been teammates with Jay Bowmeister you're friends with Jay Bowmeister it's on a much different level you guys seeing him back at the rink yeah and he, he spoke about it too how uh, you know it's great for him to get down here and, and be around the guys and uh, but he said you know for for most of the guys in the locker room it was probably better to, uh, for them to see him uh, just kind of you know knowing that uh, he went through something. They they watched him, you know, w- w- when his heart had stopped on the, uh, uh, you know, on the bench there, and and revived and brought back to life. And uh, for a lot of them to see him walking around normal and and you know having conversations and and looking as good as he does, that uh, it was great for those guys too to to see him and and uh, kind of ease their mind that the Jay is around and and he's doing well. And the last time we heard from Doug Armstrong, he said that the doctors want to get to the how and why this happened you know Jay's in such a great shape so I asked Jay uh, the question have the doctors been able to pinpoint what happened and you know kind of an expected answer from Jay he said look you know I, I don't know how to explain some of the things that they've uh, told me but he did say this is going to be an ongoing process trying to find out uh, why that occurred yeah uh, you know Jay's very uh, very good at using his words and uh, he's a very smart guy but you know when it comes to uh, the cardiologists and the doctors and and uh, all the technical terms uh, he he didn't want to miss misspeak and uh, but yeah there it's going to be uh, I'm sure an ongoing process like he said that you know they're going to look at every uh, possible scenario and and see if uh, they can pinpoint it and and you know either correct or or uh, have a better understanding of what actually happened and uh, retirement, I think, was a curiosity of a lot of people who came down to this. Would we hear the announcement that Jay's going to retire? Uh, Barrett, we didn't hear that. I don't think that I expected that. That's something that will come probably after his contract ends. But he said, yeah, he'll have to evaluate things. Uh, Doug Armstrong ruled out the possibility of returning this year. We all knew that. Uh, but what do you think about Jay and his future and how he addresses that at some point? Yeah, I'm sure he probably has something in his mind of uh, of what's actually going to happen. But you know, to, you know, 15 days uh, after this happened, you, you don't want to rush to anything. Um, 
So he's going to sit back. He's going to uh, you know, find out exactly what went down. Uh, speak with the doctors, I'm sure, uh, uh, quite frequently, and and really just uh, you know sit back and, and take some time. And it's, like you said, there's no rush. Uh, he's not going to play this year. He's not going to play in the uh, in the playoffs. But um, you know, the, the future. Who knows? Uh, technology and the medical professions are are so advanced right now that maybe there is an opportunity or a possibility that he, he is uh, able to get back on the ice. Barrett, he was asked about uh, everything that he's accomplished in the game. Was there still anything that he'd like to do? And I thought he had a pretty poignant answer where he just talked about being a good teammate. Here's what he said. Uh, no, I, I mean I. I don't think so. I think I've accomplished a lot of things that I maybe I guess you set out when you're when you're young. Um, I'm, proud, I'm proud of a lot of the team accomplishments. I've, I've always tried to uh, be a good teammate and, and fit in on teams. And uh, yeah, to say that I've been a part of some really good teams and and to to win some. Obviously, last year was special, but other competitions, go to the Olympics, and all the experiences that you have. Um, I've been really lucky because I've had a lot of good experience. So, Barrett, I think this was the day that all Blues fans were looking forward to. Uh, a lot of fans are going to be able to get to see Jay Bolmeister on the news tonight when they get home from work. Uh, if they weren't watching uh, the press conference on a live stream or they read his comments on social media today, uh, this was a thing that galvanized the city. Everybody had their, uh, their family and their thoughts and prayers. And obviously there's still more to come, uh, especially uh, for Jay, but a day that uh, feels good to, to be a part of. Yeah, it is. Uh Going around St. Louis, uh, being at the gym, being at uh, Starbucks, or, or uh, you know, being at the rink too with uh, my son, that you get questions all the time. You get text messages wondering how he's doing, and uh, you know, I know my mom's probably asked me every day. Uh, but yeah, for for people to kind of see him uh, speaking his own words and, and giving an update, it's going to ease the minds. It's you know. It, when you hear about it happening, it's it's one thing, but when you see it uh, during a game and, and you see the uh, the looks on all the players' faces, um, you know it's traumatic. Whether you're 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 sitting next to them or or you're watching on your TV, so uh, I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy uh, seeing Jay and and you know kind of put a little bit uh, you know their mind at ease that that he is going to be all right and uh, you know be able to live his life. With Jay Bomeister's situation, Barrett, the Blues did have to make a trade acquisition. Marco Scandella, we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about Vladimir Tarasenko and why it looks like he's going to come back probably sooner than expected. And because of that, the Blues weren't able to spend his uh, cap money, uh, so they had to stand pat at the deadline. We'll get Barrett's thoughts on all of that, especially on uh, Tarasenko's return. But at first, we want to take a little break. And tell you, if you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say, a week maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities, basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state 
all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician in 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash blues for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com forward slash blues for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Well, Barrett, uh, this was the second time that Doug Armstrong spoke with the media a couple days ago. He did address uh, Tarasenko's return uh, Tarasenko obviously skating with the team lately. That doesn't mean he's going to play this week. It's still going to take some time uh, for him to get into game shape and for them to be 100% convinced that his shoulder will be able to withstand the rigors of uh, playing in the NHL. But nonetheless, it's good for fans to hear Doug Armstrong say those words that the Blues are going to get Vladimir Tarasenko back before the playoffs. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you look at the injury and, and how it happened and, uh, he's, I think he's going on uh, four and a half months right now. So uh, he, he's on track. He's uh, he's skating. He's he's getting in shape uh, uh, and and kind of getting the legs under him. And uh, his, his shooting looks pretty good. And you know I don't think he ever lost anything with that. But I, the strength and and just the doctors being comfortable and him being comfortable being in a game. And uh, we're still probably a few weeks away, but. Uh, I know he's getting sick of the skating. He skated with me for a week, and uh, you know we had some uh, some good times. But uh, uh, he's moved on to uh, to Steve Ott and uh, <laughs> Mark Savard, and I'm, I'm sure he uh, he's not uh, enjoying their time right now. <laughs> Doug Armstrong did say that Tarasenko will go on the road trip out east. That's a three game trip to uh, the Rangers and the Devils, and then you come back to the Midwest and play Chicago. Uh, March 9th is a day that looks like uh, Tarasenko could be reevaluated. Not saying that he could play that day, uh, but Barrett, you know, if he returns, that's going to be much earlier than expected. I think a lot of people were thinking late March, maybe even early April. So, you know, here's a guy who's put himself in a position where he could come back sooner. What's the caution level going to be with regard to putting Vladimir Tarasenko back in the lineup? Uh, I'm sure at some point the doctors are going to say he's all right, and I guarantee uh, you know Army and, and Ray Borelli are going to say let's let's give it another two weeks just to make sure. And, um, but you, there's all these these stepping stones. Uh, uh, you know, first is the surgery, and then it's getting your range of motion, and then it's getting in the gym and and uh, getting some of your strength back, and then once you hit the ice, it's you know, with a shoulder injury, you can hit the ice pretty early and, and uh, not risk uh, re-injuring the shoulder. So uh, that's another, you know, great sign for him to go and, and you know, get his conditioning up and, and get into shape. But uh, practicing with the team is one thing, and then contact's going to be uh, another thing and, and how you feel with that. So uh, all these stepping stones or are, are, uh, milestones are, are coming uh, a little bit earlier than expected. But uh, the last couple... Uh, you know, getting the okay from the doctor and then and getting some contact is is really the biggest thing for you. I think a little a uh, little bit fans are fearful because it is a face of the franchise, and this is his second surgery. So you know, the wrong hit, the wrong type of play, and he could be back on the shelf. And then you're talking about career threatening. But I guess the one thing that we have to keep in mind is you know this isn't the first time these doctors have been through this. They've done a number of surgeries, including uh, your own. Here's what Doug Armstrong had to say when we asked him about the caution level with Tarasenko. 
Uh, well, our doctors have obviously been through this. We've had a number of players have had this type of surgery. We're not going to thrust him into a situation where he's not capable to defend himself uh, in a corner in a puck battle. Uh, but they are pro athletes and they want to play. And uh, he's a he's a key piece of our our franchise moving forward. Uh, so whether it would be a playoff game uh, or or getting him back in the lineup, it's not going to come back in until we're 100 percent comfortable that he's going to be able to protect himself in those situations. Barrett, there's 18 games left in the regular season. Uh, Doug Armstrong was asked in a perfect world, would three or four games be enough? You know, he seems to think that uh, he needs more. Vladimir Tarasenko, obviously a big part of the power play. Uh, Doug Armstrong made the comment, you know, where do you insert him? Uh, do, do you load up on one power play unit? Do you balance him out? Five on five, he's got a huge impact. You know, they're, they're building the chemistry right now with the line combinations. Look like, looks like they've got something pretty good going right now. Obviously, Tarasenko helps you. You're going to insert him. But three or four games doesn't seem like enough. If they can get him cleared before then, probably like to see more games. Yeah, uh, the chemistry is a huge part of, uh, you know, him coming back. And, uh, you know, like you said, seeing a fit for him, what what line could use him? What, you know, how do you want to balance your attack, uh, the power play? Um, and, you know, getting him up to speed, too. Uh, it's one thing to, you know, to condition yourself in, in skating and, uh, but the battles and, and you can't replicate a game and, and the adrenaline and, and how your legs feel and how your shoulders feel. So, um, you know, three or four games would be, be tough, at, especially at this time of year, at, at, you know, come playoff time to, you know, get up to, to your, you know, potentially uh, your best. So, um, yeah, you know, seven or eight games would probably be a, a pretty good number. But again, you got to balance the, the number of games with the, uh, you know, comfortability of, of Vladdy being in the lineup and, and being effective too. And uh, Doug Armstrong did comment on that. Here's what he had to say. I, I would certainly like to see him get into more, more than three or four. He affects so many different parts of our team, not only our five-on-five five play, but we have a power play that's that's uh, been consistently uh, in the top five. It might be third or in that area now, too. Uh, Vladdy affects that. He affects the... Uh, how how Craig and, and Mark Mark Savard are going to use their players. So do they do they load up one unit or do they go two more equal units? Our second unit has been quite honestly carrying a lot of that lately. But Vladdy's going to have an effect on all of that stuff. Uh, ideally, I'd like to see him get 20 games. That's not going to happen. But uh, you know, closer to 20 than three, I, I'd be happy. Barrett, I have a story up at the AthleticStLouis.com right now uh, that talks about the pressure of not bringing him back too soon and to be honest with you I was a little bit surprised at some of the reader reaction they say hey look you bring him back when he's ready well we get that that's pretty basic however they didn't do anything at the trade deadline so they didn't spend his money so that means there's anticipation that he'll come back before the playoffs and the fact that you know he's could be healthy sooner so I think it's a situation where yeah it's nice to say that whenever he's healthy you bring him back uh, but uh, I think there's an anticipation a little bit of a pressure on Vladdy and from the team that uh, you probably want to see him back sooner than the playoffs. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, you get a star like that. If the team's not doing well, um, you want him back, and then you, you really think he could help. And if the team's playing well, then you, you kind of 
give the old, well, you know, it's okay if we give him a couple more weeks and, and, and let him, uh, you know, be 100% when he does come back. So, you know, the way that the team is playing at the time of, of his potential comeback is really going to be, uh, you know, what everybody's thinking. So uh, you just got to be level-headed when you when you come to, to talk about these things and, and make that decision to put him in the lineup. Just make sure that the health of the player is, is, is going to be, you know, the first thing that they think about and uh, not rush them and, and maybe not wait too long either. So uh, it's it's a lot has to do with the, the player and how comfortable he is. And, and, you know, Vladdy is a competitive guy. He wants to he wants to be able to score goals. He wants to be at his best. And you know, if you push him to come back a little bit before that, his mind might not be there and, uh, you know, trying to protect himself. So a lot of you know kind of variables when it comes to that but you know it's really about how the player is feeling and you know the team too if if you need him you can't push him as we said he's back on the ice he skated with you he's skating with the assistant coaches now and he's participating in some of these practices but it's all non-contact and obviously before he gets back he's going to have to engage in some contact how do you do that well you got to get into some of these battle drills but Barrett as you know this time of year teams don't practice a lot and when they do, they're not getting after it too hard uh, because you're playing every other night. So uh, we asked Doug Armstrong about that. How are they going to get Vladimir Tarasenko up to speed in terms of that physicality that he'll need with the limited practices down the stretch? And here's what he said. Today's NHL, uh, uh, there's, there's not many practices. I think it's a very, for the players that are playing, you're trying to conserve their energy. A lot of optionals on the day in between uh, games and, and morning skates. And a morning skate, it's a, it's get your legs and your heart going. There's no physical play. So uh, the, the pushing and prodding is going to have to come from assistant coaches. And again, that's something that's, documented by your training staff okay well let's do this let's go to that level uh it's not uh like i can't say next tuesday we're going to take them in the corner and do this drill with them or, or whatever it's going to be something that they they just feel as as they go on when he's able to tolerate the next level of uh training you know barrett we don't want to make this out to be more than it is you know vladimir tarasenko is you know, not the first player to come back from an injury like this and need some physical practices to get back in shape. But what's it going to take in terms of, you know, not jeopardizing him when he does start to get engaged in contact, but at the same time giving him what he needs? Well, they're going to have to put me on the ice and uh, just throw <laughs> me in the corner and let him run me a few times. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a buildup. Uh, you know, a, a few, uh, you know, bumps here and there, let him push. Um, you know, get a little, you know, bump with the shoulder and then, you know, you see how it feels the next day. And then if it feels good, then you, you ramp it up. If it, if it doesn't feel good, then you, you back off and, and give it a few more days. So Ray Borelli, uh, you know, and the training staff in St. Louis is, is so good. And they've, uh, I think Ray's probably 75 to a hundred different shoulder uh, dislocations uh, that he's dealt with over the last 25, 30 years. So, um, they have a lot of info on, on what to do and, and, you know, how to get guys back and the protocols that they're going to follow. So, um, you know, you, you trust in your, your training staff. You trust in the player to uh, uh, relay what, uh, what is good and, and what is bad for him. And, uh, but uh, they're going to uh, put that on Vladdy and, and uh, get him ready. Okay, Barrett, the trade deadline, the Blues actually did make a deal. We keep using the term stood pat, but they did make a pretty important deal uh, replacing Jay Bowmeister six days before the deadline. They bring in Marco Scandella. I wrote about him the other day. That story's up at The Athletic. 
He's looked pretty good. I know, Barrett, the team's playing better defense all around. The forwards are getting back, but uh, Scandella's has really fit in. Yeah, I, I like his game. Uh, you know, he's, he's another uh, big body that can skate, and uh, you know he plays physical. So, um, you know, Jay was always good with his uh, with his stick and, and closing gaps and, and things like that. And uh, I think Scandella, uh, you know, brings a lot of that element as well. So, um, you know, you, you really you, you miss Jay, especially in the penalty kill, the last little little bit, but. Uh, Scandella is, you know, he's a guy that can stand in and, and kind of fill that void. And the Blues did have some interest in a top six forward. Uh, Doug Armstrong said that a couple months ago. However, things changed on two fronts. One, they needed to replace Jay Bowmeister, but also when they found out that Vladimir Tarasenko was coming back, there just wasn't as big of a need as uh, originally thought. Uh, also, Zach Sanford playing better, Jordan Kyrou's chipping in. So Doug Armstrong, I was kind of surprised, Barrett, uh, he was asked about any interest level in uh, Chris Kreider, the Ranger, who eventually did re-sign with the Rangers, but for a while it appeared he'd be on the uh, trade block. Here's what Doug Armstrong had to say about the Blues' pursuit of Chris Kreider. The interest level waned, quite honestly, when we knew Vladdy was coming back. Uh, in a different world, uh, if I was managing the St. Louis Blues and the late 90s, yeah, we would have been really interested because it's only the owner's money and uh, I wouldn't care about it. <laughs> uh, but there's a salary cap situation that uh, that's in place now. So knowing that to, to bring to bring Kreider in, knowing Vladdy's coming back, we would have to remove X amount of millions of dollars of contract to do that. And it just, as I said, we weren't willing to to go deep into our core group of, of upsetting the chemistry that we had for for a potential short-term thing. So how about that? He says uh, if this were the late 1990s and there were no salary cap, he certainly he would have pulled a Ron Cron, right? Yeah, well, when you're uh, you're playing with the owner's money, it's not yours. Uh, yeah, you, you could spend, and uh, the owners of St. Louis, they, they, uh, they love to spend up to the cap, and I'm sure they'd go over if, if needed, but... Um, yeah, the salary cap area, there, there's only certain things that you can do, and uh, a lot of teams are trying to do the exact same thing. So um, I think standing pat and, you know, Kreider, yeah, a great player, and, uh, you know, staying in, in New York was probably a priority for him. But, um, but like you said, the, the play of Sanford, the, you know, Cairo, uh, you know, coming around and playing well the last uh, couple weeks, and then uh, you look at a guy like Sammy Blay, too, that, uh, you know, is, is getting some experience. So, um, you, when you can fill those those voids from within, uh, I, I think that uh, only makes you better. And then, you know, you, you get one of the best scorers in the league, uh, uh, kind of, you know, getting conditioned to come back. So, th- there's a lot of elements that, you know, Army is obviously doing his job and, and seeing what's around the, the league and how you can help the team. But the chemistry right now, the way that the Blues have played the last. Uh, you know, six, seven games, I, I think it really shows the confidence and, and you know, this team has uh, has the, the makeup to, to make another run. Two types of trades to make at the deadline. There's the rental trade going after a guy like Chris Kreider. There's also the hockey trade, and that's where uh, you're not necessarily trading assets like picks or prospects for a guy like Kreider, but you're making a, a hockey trade, and I know people sometimes laugh at that. Aren't they all hockey trades? But, I mean, you're moving out dollar for dollar. You're bringing in a player, and, and you're moving out one of your – you know, not necessarily two or three core guys, but but somebody in that group. Uh, Doug Armstrong said that he did talk to some teams about those types of moves, but uh, decided to not pull the trigger on that. Here's Doug Armstrong explaining why there weren't any hockey trades made. We talked to different teams. Again, part of it, too, is a hockey trade that makes you better. 
is something that you're always looking at doing. But also, I think when you're in a situation like ours, how we finished last season, how we've played to this year, I think the chemistry comes into the equation maybe a little bit more that if you're fighting for that last playoff spot or you're you're out or you're you know you're in that quagmire at the bottom, you're you're willing to disrupt chemistry to take a leap uh, leap moving forward. Uh, so we did talk hockey trades, but I didn't see anything that that. What made us significantly better to jeopardize any chemistry issues that we had. Now, that being said, there wasn't anything that, that made us move to the level of, you know what, we want to disrupt our, our core group uh, to, to make a change. And so, Barrett, it makes sense. What he's saying here is that uh, they have really good chemistry going on right now. So maybe you could have improved your uh, group incrementally, uh, made yourself a little bit better, but probably not at the expense of uh, upsetting that chemistry. Yeah, there, there's a lot of unknowns with uh, with bringing in new guys. You don't know how they're going to adapt to uh, uh, to a new system, uh, a new team, just different players getting to know them, and, and how long that's going to take. So, um, you really want to take a look at all those things, how they fit in the room too, and, and that chemistry. And uh, the players have talked about it so much uh, about the uh, the chemistry and how much those guys love each other and how much they get along and. Um, to, to disrupt that and you know take away from a team that won the cup they 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 have what it takes and uh, you know the the importance of of that chemistry is is sometimes overlooked in uh, in sports you want to stick around because in a minute we're going to hear from an NHL executive tell you why St. Louis was chosen as the visiting team for the Winter Classic 2021 that's going to be at Target Field against the Minnesota Wild uh, but before we do that Barrett, I want to tell you about my favorite writer at The Athletic. That's uh, the Minnesota Wild writer, Mike Russo. He does a terrific job. He and I have been friends for a long time. I remember when uh, I was offered a contract uh, to join The Athletic. Mike and I must have spoken uh, 30 straight days in a row deciding, should we make the jump from newspaper? And uh, we both did, and we couldn't be happier. Mike, I've told him for years, Barrett, is that uh, I want to stand up and uh, introduce him at the Hall of Fame when he's inducted into the Media Hall of Fame. You're probably looking at me like, the media get in there? <laughs> Why are we talking about the media right now? <laughs> but Mike, uh, his knowledge of the game is just through the roof. He's got every source in the league. He, he had the story written well before there was even acknowledgement of uh, Zach Parisi might be on the move to the New York Islanders. He's got such a pulse of the uh, wild landscape and uh, just great scoops. And every time he writes a story, I make sure to read it and take away something from that. So uh, if you got a athletic subscription just read that minnesota wild stuff i know you're a blues fan uh, but look at the outstanding job that mike does and and uh, hopefully uh, each beat writer from every city can bring a little piece of uh, what mike does so simply put the athletic has the best sports newsroom on the planet but you don't have to take my word for it you can see it for yourself by signing up for a free trial head to theathletic.com forward slash we went blues to save 40 percent on an annual subscription that works out to about three dollars a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world what are you waiting for that's theathletic.com forward slash we went blues to save 40 percent off and you can read mike russo you can read aaron portsland in columbus you can read joe smith in tampa but uh bear to probably tell you don't read this guy in st louis yeah, well, now that everybody just uh, turned off the podcast, uh, yeah, hopefully a couple of people are still listening. 
That's, I can always count on you for that. Well, Barrett, uh, I will be in Minnesota January 1st, 2021, alongside Mike Russo, and we'll be covering that game for The Athletic. Uh, pretty big news. I know it had been rumored for a few weeks, months, that St. Louis potentially could be the opponent. Uh, pretty excited when you heard that it was official? Yeah, it's uh, it's an unbelievable opportunity. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play in the uh, the big game, but the alumni game that we had here in, in St. Louis, and you got to give all the credit to the fans uh, f- for the Blues getting back in uh, uh, next season. It's it's really the, the show of support that the fans gave uh, when you got uh, over forty thousand people to watch a bunch of uh, you know washed up uh, alumni <laughs> and and then just show the uh, the energy for uh, for both games. Uh, yeah, uh, and then the uh, you know what has happened with the All Star Game and and uh, the, you know the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's all about you know the fan experience and and making sure that the fans are are going to come out in uh, St. Louis. Uh, obviously, Minnesota was going to be in it, but you know the league knowing that the Blues fans are going to travel and and support this as well is is what made them uh, you know get that bid to come uh, come in. You know the actual game itself in 2017 against the Blackhawks was terrific, great atmosphere, but. Barrett, I got to give you this one. That alumni game was something, and I, I'll never forget uh, hearing these conversations between the league and the Blues. The league actually asked the Blues, "Do you think you can fill up, you know, that building for an alumni game?" And they said, "You know, hold my beer. You know, watch this." And and they did, and that just had to be a fantastic experience. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of wondering uh, the same thing if if we actually have some people come out, but. Uh, when you look at the lineup that we had and, and just the uh, the excitement that the alumni had to come back and, and play in that game, um, you know, I was nervous uh, going out there just being newly retired and, and knowing that I had to, uh, you know, perform and, and, you know, not let down, uh, you know, Al and, and, you know, playing on the same ice with Wayne Gretzky. There's so many things about that that, you know, even the fans, uh, young and old, uh, you know, kind of brought back those memories, seeing Bernie Friarco, uh, Gary Unger, and, uh, you know, McKinnis and Pronger. And, and you know, it, it was it was really uh, cool for, you know, just at every age uh, demographic that, uh, you know, St. Louis sports fans uh, uh, are coming out. And Barrett, I had a chance to talk with uh, Steve Mayer from the league. He's the chief uh, content officer. He's in charge of all these big events. He was here in St. Louis for the All-Star Game and and was part of the decision-making process to make the Blues the visiting team. Uh, Teams like Winnipeg, which is a natural rival for Minnesota, Uh, even Las Vegas. They haven't been in one of these, obviously, just a couple years into the league. Uh, Colorado, I heard, was an option. New York Rangers, even the Chicago Blackhawks. You don't want to see them in it again, do you? No, I think everybody's sick of the Blackhawks. So, uh, yeah, no. There, there were so many options, but, you know, like you said, and like we said before, it, it's all about the fans that are uh, even going to drive the uh, the demand for which team's in, and, and the Blues fans are uh, second to none in, uh, in my time here in St. Louis. Here's why Steve said the Blues were the choice. I, I think this was a, a – um a combination of, you know, uh, some thoughts from within the NHL, some really strong data that we received, um, you know, regarding fan interests um, and also TV research. Mm-hmm. And then NBC uh, had a, a role in also making this decision. And, you know, all roads led to St. Louis. Um, you know, the Blues coming off the, the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, and, and a lot of the research 
sort of pointed to the blues. Uh, and so, you know, that's why the decision was made. Uh, I think it was important for us not to rush into a decision, and that's why we didn't announce an opponent uh, on New Year's Day when we made the announcement of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're really confident and comfortable with you know this this decision st louis has done an incredible job over and over in in hosting great events and you know we do think this fan base will travel and travel to minnesota so i think that summarizes basically you know all the factors that went into the, the the decision uh but you know um yeah, everybody is super happy for St. Louis, including Minnesota. Uh, you know, I think the Wild are, are are very comfortable that with that decision that the league has made, and they're ready to host folks from St. Louis in their city. So, Barrett, a lot of good news we brought to the people, as Darren Pang would say today <laughs> on today's uh, podcast. Uh, Jay Bolmeister, first and foremost, in our thoughts, healthy, amazing to see him today. Uh, you know, on a much smaller scale, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko coming back relatively soon. We discussed that. The Blues are in first place in the Western Conference, and for the second straight year, they really didn't have to do much right at the deadline to improve their chances. Doug Armstrong likes the team and the Winter Classic in 2021. A lot of good news. I don't think I've heard that much uh, good news uh, in my career. So, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing uh, time for uh, Blues fans again. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, we can sit back and really appreciate, uh, you know, our families after seeing uh, Bo up there and, and, you know, getting his uh, his words uh, of everything that's going on with him. So, uh, yeah, you know, health and, and uh, you know, with with Vladdy and, and, and the team and uh, first place. So we'll, uh, we'll keep that up. That is episode 37 of We Went Blues. We appreciate you joining us each and every week. Be sure to use that link, theathletic.com forward slash We Went Blues. You can get 40% off an annual subscription. That's $3 a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world. What are you waiting for? We appreciate the support, and we love coming to you every week with We Went Blues. Thank you for listening to episode number 37.